Welcome. You're listening to another episode of AML Conversations, where we sit down with some of the brightest minds in the financial industry to explore topical matters around financial crime and compliance. We hope you enjoy this discussion and please be sure to subscribe for more. How are you doing today? Hey, John. How are you doing? I'm good. You were kind enough uh, uh, ways a long time ago, pre-COVID, where we were able to sit down and have a conversation in the uh, early part of the creation of the Marquette's commercial banking program. And you're obviously uh, been running that now for almost five years. And it's, and, and as the center director, there's been so much going on, but I wanted to ask you about a couple of particular projects, but first re- re- remind us what the center is, what it's designed to do and how things are going so far. Yeah, great. Happy to do that. So thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, we uh, we started the uh, the commercial banking uh, program at Marquette University back in the first classes that we taught were in 2017. So um, the primary purpose and the reason for doing this is uh, we at Marquette have a number of applied programs where uh, when you think about finance as a major, it's rather broad. And sometimes with undergraduate students, um, they're not always that certain what direction they're going to take when they graduate, because finance is a very broad area, uh, important, but broad. And one of the things that uh, we decided to do is uh, there is a very strong need in the commercial banking sector industry that um, the demand is very high for talent, especially because of a lot of retirements and succession planning. So we uh, we developed a commercial banking uh, a program, which is designed um, to uh, not only recruit students into the program that are interested in a career in banking and that is, that they're selecting that as a career in banking, but we train them very specifically in disciplines that bankers need to know. So in addition to the typical finance classes that they have, I have designed um, very specific commercial banking classes that they must take in order to get this concentration. Um, Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's so interesting. And and you were kind enough to invite, invite me to be part of your advisory board. And one of the things that I've noticed for all the years that I've been either directly in the financial sector or adjacent to it. Um, in the space that, that I'm in, anti-money laundering, uh, compliance, that sort of space, it used to be that it was important to recruit individuals that had uh, maybe legal backgrounds, accounting backgrounds, what have you. But we're finding, well, that's still true to some degree. A lot of bankers have said, and so have fintech executives, that if they could recruit individuals with an understanding of banking and banking products, that that would um, be an easier transition for some to better help them uh, help the institution. So you bring in a compliance person and they're good at writing policy or they're good at good legal analysis. That's great. But if you bring somebody in who actually understands how, uh, you know, credits and debits work and how products work, um, they're probably more likely to understand how to navigate those laws and regulations. So I think what you're doing, Absolutely. even though that, yeah. So I think that's a that's a um, an adjacent part of your program, not a main focus, but you're certainly helping the industry by training these folks. So I know that you've had 
really good success in placing folks with some uh, large institutions that a number of us are very familiar with. Uh, I, I actually spent time at Bank of America. We have my daughter works at PNC. I work closely with stuff, folks from Capital One and Wells Fargo. So it sounds like that those institutions have been very helpful as partners to the program, right? Um, yeah, no, we've been um, we've been very successful. Uh, matter of fact, at the hundred percent level, I've had five graduating classes, and they're all placed. Um, and with organizations like Capital One, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, Wintrust, BMO Harris. So it's, it's, it's been very, it's been very successful. That's great. That's great. So uh, what I want to spend most of our time talking about, I was able, uh, because I, I still get the, the Marquette Business Magazine, and the most recent edition was an article about something that your students and you have been working closely on. And, and that's um, the title of the article is Banking on Community, which we, we will link to our listeners. But it's about uh, a particular partnership uh, that Marquette has through your efforts with your students with the microfinance organization in Central America in Panama City. Um, and given the fact that there's a lot of struggles with financial access and inclusion uh, for institutions and small businesses and farmers to get, to get assistance, this seemed uh, like a very interesting uh, project. I know it's one of many, but talk a bit about this project and what, what it's designed to do. Yeah. Um, I, I started talking with them about a year, year and a half ago, and, and mostly I'm focused on a group called Escala, which is the microfinance group that works with a number of these impoverished countries. Um, I have a course that is a um, actually uh, what we do is we analyze small business loans uh, and we present those to a group of bankers in a credit committee. And I included this in that particular course because uh, I thought this is a, is a great opportunity to get an international um, aspect of the course, but also um, to really dive deeper into more grassroots type um, community banking understanding small business at a very base level. And, and, it's, and it, it checks off a lot of boxes because right. one of these is our mission at Marquette, which is service related, but it also helps the students understand really what credit is all about and the need for capital, even if it's only two or $300, uh, but that makes a big difference for a very a uh, small community in Panama or Nicaragua or other places like that. So that's the main reason that we got into it. And um, we did it for the first time this last semester. And um, uh, it was very enjoyable. Uh, uh, and um, we had uh, we had good results with it, uh, which I'm happy to talk about. But uh, yeah, so it, you uh, in, in part because it was new, in part because of I assume COVID restrictions. This was the students uh, doing virtual consulting with with folks down there, right? And what sort yes. of consulting did they did, did they do? As you say, a couple hundred dollars goes a long way in some of these communities. So it wasn't as much the dollar amount as the experience and sharing their their skills, right? Absolutely, yeah. And uh, we were we were doing this virtually with the uh, community bank. And um, uh, and what they were doing is expressing 
some of their challenges and what their goals were, what they were trying to do. And as you can imagine, they're at a very rudimentary level. Yeah, the students, uh, 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 from a consulting standpoint, they were working virtually with, uh, I'm sorry, my pronunciation is not so good, a PT uh, Colonna, which is a Caja Rual in Panama, which is a community bank, very local community bank, doing it all virtually. But the goal, what they were trying to do was to understand what the challenges this community bank was facing in the community and what they had um, determined were their goals. As as I was saying, the the goals are very rudimentary. It's it's very basic. Um, but the, the students had the opportunity to take some of that initial information and brainstorm amongst themselves on how they can help this group. And, um, and, you know, part of it is financial literacy to a certain degree, because um, the amount of education that they have in those areas is very low, uh, I think upwards of maybe the sixth grade. Um, So they put together recommendations that we ultimately presented to the community bank, which they in fact adopted. And, um, and uh, that's what they, uh, that, that was the uh, deliverable. And that was um, the exciting part about this is because I think we created some real value. Um, actually, they uh, created a logo uh, for the community bank. Uh, they built a flyer um, and kind of helped them craft more of the goals to establish an event where they could bring people in uh, to discuss the the benefits of a community bank and the benefits of borrowing for their small businesses so that they could grow. And um, those are some of the things that we did in this. Interesting. Uh, quick side issue. Uh, was it um, important that uh, any of the students be able to, to speak Spanish? How did you handle the, the language yeah. issues? We, we did have an interpreter, Anna, uh, and she was with us. And one of my students, uh, Lily, uh, did speak Spanish. So she was able to converse a little bit. But that was one of our biggest challenges is the language is, is difficult and the technology is also challenging. So, you know, they don't have a lot of technology in those areas. And so it gets a little spotty and sometimes uh, breaks up quite a bit. But uh, we were able to get through. You know, I, I thought from the article, you mentioned your student, Lily, she's quoted in the article as saying that the community bank executives record loan information with a pen and paper by hand. So they're looking oh, yeah. to help digitize their books. And as you say, uh, you know, you, you help them with a logo and with other things. So when you when you say rudimentary, you were not kidding. Obviously, they I, I'm sure they benefited greatly from the assistance of the students. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's, yeah, we we had access to their ledgers and uh, they're very basic. I mean, these are things that we could easily put into an Excel program. Um, and, you know, they do have some computers there. So there's more we can do with that and help them to develop cash flow, cash flows that would be more beneficial to them, uh, various things like that. And these are things that the students can easily put together for them. Yeah, so uh, obviously more will be done in this space, as you've mentioned, uh, but the article also, and we talked a little bit about this offline, uh, also talks about some of the other things your uh, Marquette and the commercial banking program have done, and that's partnerships with the Wisconsin Women's Business Initiative Corps, and obviously you work with Town Bank, 
talk talk a bit about that and what the goals are of those partnerships. Yeah, the uh, the Wisconsin Women's Business Initiative uh, is a community development financial institution, and they work with very small businesses that organizations that startups that can't necessarily get a loan through a bank. They just they don't have enough. Um, um, of the uh, uh, the requirements to get a loan. So they work with Wibic, and what we've been able to do is we have access to their portfolios. So we will take a look at the uh, small business businesses that uh, have made requests for loans. And my students get the opportunity to analyze these and we put it into an actual credit package. So the students have to do an actual write-up where they do cash flow analysis, um, the income statement, pro formas, collateral analysis, um, everything like that, and truly understand the business. And their goal is they have to present it to a committee of bankers that I bring into the classroom and we evaluate the credit. and make recommendations for approval or denial of, of the, the type of credit. And we've been doing that for the past couple, three years. Um, yeah, that's really hands-on. And that's great that you get those bankers to come in and, and do that and volunteer their, their expertise. So, and taking advantage of that, that, that you're doing, really, even if the students don't automatically appreciate it, uh, I got to think that that's going to help them not only during the semester understanding things better but once they land jobs with institutions as you've been pushing them and and getting them uh getting them hired that must give them a leg up on other uh, uh other other staff i would imagine it absolutely does and the one thing that it does is it gives them exposure um to think on their feet when they're presenting uh, this information. I, I view the uh, bankers who come into the classroom as co-teachers in this course because a lot of the benefit that the students get, and they have to do some write-ups on this as well, is what are they hearing from the bankers and how do they does that give them information to help them improve when they do their next analysis? So those that information is, uh, I would say, better than a textbook, and it, it really helps them immensely. So nobody else gets that. Um. So uh, I'm going to get you out of here on two, two questions. One would be, uh, I know that there are career fairs and other opportunities for the financial sector to look at your students for, you know, potential hirings. Um, what would you say that gives your students, besides the obvious, I mean, they're getting they're getting all this experience, both hands-on and obviously all the things that you've created. What would you say uh, to a financial institution that's looking to bring in uh, under, you know, graduated from, from undergraduate programs like the one at Marquette, the value proposition of looking at your graduates at, from the commercial banking program? Yeah, the, 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 primary, the primary thing is what we were just talking about before. They understand uh, yep. not only the banking terminology, um, but they also understand regulations. Um, they understand how a bank makes money, uh, which oftentimes people who go into banking don't even understand that for a while. Right. 
Right. And, um, you know, they they understand the economy. They understand the Fed. They know how um, uh, when a change in Fed funds rate, what does that affect beyond just uh, consumers? But it does affect the bank and um, they know how to deal with those things. And that lays a foundation for real growth. And I think that makes a huge difference depending upon wherever they go within a bank, because now they have that foundation. And I think that's the real value that we create in this program. So give us a sense. What do you have coming up? Uh, you've done outside programs on cyber. Uh, I was able to work with you a couple of years ago on uh, a financial crime program. You do, you do some on-campus work. So what's, what's coming up in uh, either late 2022 or 2023 that the banking program's involved in in terms of uh, educational, additional educational programs. What, what, what are you thinking about in terms of, uh, of next year? Yeah, lots of things. Um, and, um, you know, now that things are opening up more so with COVID, hopefully, um, we're going to do, uh, we'll continue to do our study abroad, which is for the commercial banking program. We go to uh, Zurich, Switzerland, study the bank, um, the uh, banking sector in um, Switzerland and yep. in Europe, for that matter. So uh, that'll continue. Um, we're doing a, um, uh, a golf outing where I pair students with bankers uh, so they can talk about banking. We do a number of networking events. Uh, as John, as you mentioned, uh, we do conferences at least annually. Uh, we did one on climate change, climate risk uh, this past semester, and um, we'll do another one in the spring um, now, one of the things that is a big topic that we may get deeper into is the whole concept of talent in banking, because it's starting to come to an acute level. And um, I think bankers are struggling a little bit with now dealing with, you know, how much do they pay people? Uh, they need to get talent. They've got lots of competition out there. Um, you know, what can we do better to attract more students to the banking sector? Yeah, that's that's a great point. I mean, I think in part one of the challenges has been because of the competition with fin financial technology. A quick a quick an anecdote. I that's mention, a big one. Yeah. I, yeah, I won't mention the company, but um, a, a colleague of mine who was in law enforcement decided to take the plunge to go to the private sector, doing investigations, that sort of thing. So she gets hired by a, a major. Uh, multinational institution and into the job, uh, let's just say a financial technology firm who knew that uh, this person was, you know, finally out and working, reached out to her, offered her twice the salary of wow. where she was, which was a decent salary to begin with. And so uh, sadly for the bank, because I think this person, uh, in my in my opinion, should have hung in there a little bit longer. Yeah. Left, you know, left to do that. So, and the bank <clears throat> just said, you know, we, we just can't match that. So, I think uh, explaining the value proposition of being part of the banking community, traditional or not, and a lot of them are actually working closely with fintech partners anyway. So it's not like they're uh, it's total competition; it's collaboration to some degree. But I think that's a long way of saying I think what you're doing should certainly help many of the institutions because of the fact that the commercial banking program is explaining to the next generation and the one beyond that, the importance of joining this industry. That's so important to the economy and to Absolutely. society and everything else. Right. 
For sure. Yeah. And it, it makes the world go round. And uh, that's what everybody needs to understand. That's right. So, uh, Kent Belasco, uh, thank you so much. Sorry for the glitches there. Director of the Marquette's Commercial Banking Program. We will, uh, we will link to the article in uh, the journal, but we will also link to the website. And I uh, really appreciate you taking some time today to, to share the, the exciting projects that you folks are working on and will continue to work on. So thanks so much for doing this. Definitely. And thanks for the opportunity, John. And good talking to you. All right. We'll talk soon. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of AML Conversations, brought to you by AML RightSource. To make sure you're staying up to date with what's going on in the industry, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to get the latest episode.